ganap sa ating politika. Pag-usapan natin yan as uh, new details come in. Mga kameta, mga kaidarians across different platforms. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, so-called X. Yan. Pag-usapan natin yan. Okay guys, ha, ito na, ito na. So official na ito, suspended na uh, ang uh, SMNI for at least 30 days. No? Uh, ito na yung official decision ng minamahal natin gobyerno. Ayan na naman tayo. Yung mga sarcasm ko naman, hindi nag-guess sa mga tayo. Ibang klase talaga yung mga kaibigan. Yung mga ibang kaibigan natin na DDS, ano naman. Medyo Google naman kayo ng sarcasm, di ba? Yung sinisabi ko na, bakit din nalang suportahan ng gobyerno, puro kay nega, it's in a quotation mark for a reason because yun yung sinisabi nyo dati sa mga opposition at yung mga kumukontra sa mga bara-bara at kapalpakan ni Digong dati. Alright? So, inuulit ko lang yung sinisabi nyo sa sarili nyo para magkaroon ka ng self-awareness. Alright? Huwag na kayo magdrama-drama na si Darian nakakapag ano, goosebumps na ganito ganito. It's sarcasm, my goodness. Anyone has bothered to follow me throughout the years would know that, you know, uh, I, you know, I throw a little bit of spices and sarcasm here and there. But bago tayo pumunta sa SMNI and of course also discussing the latest sa West Philippines because uh, pansin niyo kanina marami tayong mga tweets about misconceptions and myths sa West Philippines. Let's talk about this mga kameta, alright? Let's talk about this. Uh, well, first of all, I want to say lang na, you know, before we talk about fake news and red tagging and, and marites and all of that, sana naman, di ba? Uh, I'm saying this because of course kaibigan natin itong mga uh, family na ito. I just hope that people will start trying to make marites or making all, all sorts of, uh, you know, questionable claims and, you know, nefar- give nefarious angles, no? Dun sa trahedya na nangyari sa fam uh, dun sa ano sa, sa sa you know sa dun sa tragedy no uh, you know and the the, the grief that uh, the Gibbs family is going through all right so i'm just you know uh, i'm just praying uh, for for uh, the Gibbs family as they go through these difficult times and i'm also hoping and praying that people will give them the kind of privacy and respect that they deserve all right so nakikiramay pa rin uh, ulit tayo sa Nakikiramay ulit tayo sa family ni Jano Gibbs, yung isa natin uh, kaibigan uh, who has been on our podcast on multiple times. So yun, alright? I hope na. Kasi marami akong nakikita na kung ano-anong ginagawa ng tao. Please guys, respect naman dyan. Just just a bit of respect and give a little bit of privacy sa family ni Gibbs, alright? And uh, I would have said this regardless kung kaibigan ko sila or hindi, but since of course kaibigan natin si Jano Gibbs, uh, medyo nakakalungkot, no? Na some people are trying to, you know, make innuendos and make all sorts of different marites out of this very sad and tragic situation, no? Alright, let's go to the meat of discussion today. First of all, eto na, eto na, inaabangan ng lahat ang leading media quote and quote channel ng bansa eto na talaga ang mga minamahal natin mga journalist ayan nga kay Harry Roque etong mga ating bayani alright etong mga ating mga bayani they're facing uh, challenges now alright para kaya ano kailangan natin sumuporta daw sa due process sa sa ating mga bayani sa press freedom alright alright okay so eto official na ito so the National Telecommunication Commission has suspended the broadcast operations of Suara Sog Media Corporation, better known as or also known as Sunshine Media Network, 
international. Wow, talagang next level. Talagang international talagang level, no? For 30 days. Hindi naman forever, guys. Wala naman daw forever. Pero for, for 30 days daw yan. For alleged violation of its franchise. Alright? So, kanina lang na-announce ito ng National Telecommunications Commission. Uh, na nag-issue siya on December 19, a show cause order against the media network with a 30-day suspension of its ra radio and television stations. So, of course, katulad ng pinag-usapan natin the other day, um, yung show ni Digong, ating ex-president, was also suspended and all. But it looks like the suspension was not only President Duterte's show, but it looks like the whole network will be suspended for at least 30 days. Now, of course, we're also trying to catch up naman dun sa development on social media. Let's see if SMNI is going to continue with their online uh, uh, publications and all. Because remember, this is about the, di ba? Ito yung, uh, ito yung sa, sa TV, di ba? So, ibang usapan siguro ng online. Let's see what's going uh, what's going to happen there. Because alam natin na you know, not long ago, YouTube and uh, Facebook and different kind of platforms also made necessary countermeasures in light of not only questionable practices of this so-called media channel, but also in light of the uh you know uh, alleged uh, you know the, the alleged crimes by the in a way quote unquote alleged owner of this media company so it gave smni 15 days from receipt of the order so this is december 19 uh para explain yung kanilang pinaggagawa <laughs> why the company should not be administratively sanctioned oh kasi nga kasi nga sabi ni harry bayani sila Hindi mo gagawin yan sa mga bayani. Press freedom. Due process. Yan, talaga mahal na mahal lang. Alam niyo guys, itong due process, press freedom. Itong mga pinakamahalagang mga values for Tatay Digong, for sa mga red taggers, for sa mga so-called journalists na more like, you know what I'm saying, right? Um, mga ganyan. Alright, yan. Okay, so the NTC's move was in response to sa House Resolution which urged an act on SMNI's action after the latter was involved in red tagging and airing false information, ukol kay House Speaker Martin Romaldes. Ito yung, ano, yung kunyaring expose daw na 1.8 billion daw ang ginastos no? for, for uh, international travels. Ako naman, sabi ko, wow, talaga mahilig sa expose, mahilig sa investigative journalism. Pero wala silang sinabi yata dun sa uh, sinabi ng Commission on Audits sa uh, mga travel expenses ng Department of Education. Okay? Mga wala naman eh. Kung may nakita kayo, please correct us, send us because alam mo na. Diba? Alam mo na. Alam mo na natin this. Okay. The measure filed by PERSA ng mga bayaning atleta. Oh, diba? Bayani versus bayani, guys. Di pa kayo natutuwa. Mga laban ng mga bayani. So, ang PERSA ng bayaning atleta, PBA, party list, Representative Margarita Nograles, ito po ay nag-adopted, uh, resolution po was adopted by lower chamber earlier this month. Ayon naman dun sa resolution na yan, SMNI has violated at least three provisions of Republic Act Number 11422, which was signed in August 2019, guys. Remember, tatay time. And which granted yung network the legislative franchise to operate for 25 years. Wow, big time. So let's not forget this whole so-called media is really a product of the Duterte era. You know, it really came into being. It, it got its franchise 2019. And of course, we know just over a year later on, nawala yung pinakamalaki at arguably the most um, prestigious 
uh, media network in Philippines, which is ABS-CBN, diba? Uh, of course, I'm saying this as someone who has worked for all the three media channels, um, GMA Network, ABS-CBN, and of course now with our folks in TV5 and One News, so, right? So I've worked with all of them, uh, and so wala tayong bias dito, no? We're just talking about based on our, based on our observation of facts, no? Anyway, um, this week, two of SMNI shows were preventively suspended. So, preventive suspension ito. Doon sa 14 days naman following host Jeffrey Selly's airing of yung claim, yung mga fake claims kay Romualdez. At also, of course, yung show ni Tatay Digong. Imagine nyo guys, napunta pa sa Bloomberg yan. Pati sa Bloomberg News. Napunta itong mga developments na yun. Doon ko pa nakita yan. Alright? Okay, uh, Senator Amy Marcos. Ayan, ito talaga. Si Senator Amy Marcos. Habang usapan to. Ay naman kay Senator Amy Marcos. Ito, talagang close friend ni Tate Digong yan. Todo defense naman siya. At sabi, she criticized the NTC for supposedly sending a chilling effect to the press by issuing the order. Well, I'm not... Well, in fairness, I don't totally disagree with the chilling effect argument. Except this chilling effect argument should have been raised way earlier. Like 2020, 2021, diba? Ito yung time na ng ABS-CBN, no? ng franchise. I would say this chilling effect argument should have been raised way earlier, especially when we were talking about really legitimate media and legitimate journalists, no? Okay, I'm just I'm, I'm just saying, all right? It's just quite rich for people to suddenly talk about chilling effect and due process and media freedom uh, when I'm not sure these people were really speaking about those things when a real media channel, media network, was actually facing a very, very difficult situation back in 2020, right? Now, it is incumbent upon the NTC to be very judicious in suspending entire operations of media entities as such actions will have a chilling effect on press freedom. There's nothing prudent in NTC's action today, ayon kay Senadora. The Senator also accused the Commission of denying SMN's right to due process. Sabi niya, we must, why must we shut down all those who do not agree with us, not even allowing the chance to explain first? How could the NTC issue a show cause order but simultaneously hand down a 30-day suspension? Are we afraid? That SMNI might be right. Are we afraid of the truth? Well, I'm not afraid of the truth. Especially if you want to talk about the horrors of martial law. If you want to talk about kapalpakan ng dating administration. There's so much we can talk about, right? I also wonder when, when it comes to truth. Ano po yung mga reports ng SMNI when it comes to confidential fund issue? When it comes to DepEd? About yung mga reports ng commission audit on DepEd? Yung mga ganun, right? I'm just saying. I'm, you know, I'm just asking. I'm not saying anything. I'm just asking, right? So the House Committee on Legislative Franchise recently held hearings on the SMNI report. Uh, and of course, there, there, there are some who are saying we should go all the way and uh, like, you know, just revoke the franchise of SMNI altogether. Now, the interesting thing is other folks have spoken out big time in favor of this. And if you remember, there was a vlog I had with uh, Ronald Diamas the other week. And we discussed the clear difference between the case of ABS-CBN really a legitimate media and well this case of a so-called media international level all right international smni all right smni okay ito, ito, ito. my statement na ang mga iba't ibang leaders uh iba't ibang grupo well first of all as you notice there's no rallying effect here none of the major journalists or major <laughs> Activists or, or you know legitimate journalists in this country or anywhere in the world have uh, you know rallied to the cause of the mga bayani ng SMNI uh, and I'm not sure this is 
really about jealousy or rivalry. I think it's because there's some fundamental concerns about the the you know the ontological differences between SMNI and ABS-CBN. If I put it that way, no. Anyway, my mga statements ang ayon. See, House Deputy Minor Leader and Act Teachers Party List Representative Fraz Castro. Sinabi niya na, uh, I think reaction niya no, dun sa suspension na yan. With the recent hearing by the House Committee on Legislative Franchise on SMNI, as well as some of the documents that we have seen, it seems that SMNI itself is a threat to press freedom with its advocacy of violence, disinformation, and intolerance. Alright, so very clearly, right off the bat, the, you know, let's let's call a spade a spade, right? Parang ganun yung position in France Castro. Like, uh, excuse me, we're not talking about really press freedom here. We're probably not even talking about the real media channel or not journalism in any serious sense of the word. But what we're talking about, Ayon Caifanes Castro, is a threat to press freedom and uh, a, a, a media network, uh, a bunch of pundits posing as journalists who are advocating for, quote, violence, disinformation, and intolerance, right? Hindi ito tulad sa kaso ng ABS-CBN na sinadyang pinasara ng mga Duterte dahil sa pagbatikos sa kanila. Ito yung Ayon Caifanes Castro. Uh, referring to the case of uh, ABS-CBN, the uh, loss of franchise of ABS-CBN a few years ago. And again, I'm wondering, yung mga ano ngayon, nag-iingay ngayon, yung mga nag sa due process, press freedom, alright? What were you saying again when ABS-CBN was being shut down? And let's just let's just not forget, ABS-CBN, medyo legit international media ito, right? As it, sta- uh, sorry, as it stands, sabi ni Castro, the SMNI issue is shaping out not to be a press freedom issue, as its host and quote-unquote talents want to project. Alright, so hindi siya naniwala dito sa mga, ano, mga hanash na yan, mga hero-hero hanash. Alright, so let's do the analysis here. So we went through the latest development here. So so what happened here is kind of like, I don't know, splitting the difference? Um, you know, in a sense that hindi totally na-suspend ang SMNI hindi totally na-revoke yung kanilang uh, uh, yung kanilang franchise as some were expecting but at the same time it looks like hindi lang shot across the bow ang nangyari with the recent investigation into the SMNI practices and what some see as really excesses of of this media channel if not uh, at least excesses of some of his programs or some of his so-called anchors or journalists right so mukhang <laughs> The powers that be kind of split the difference and kind of said, okay, hindi lang ito, ano lang, shot across the bow. There's going to be something done about this. There's going to be a suspension. But I think, well, you know, <laughs> I think there are p- people out there, and this is what I always say, who are saying this is not the right time to totally declare war on the other side. Because we know this is not about just that media channel. This is about the, this is about a bigger showdown between the House of Marcos, well, minus I mean, um, and the House of Duterte, right? In that sense, right? Uh, yeah, of course, you know, there, there, you know, many gradations to it, but the reality is that the unity team is falling apart, right? And SMNI is kinda, right, being caught in the middle, right? Uh, we can debate about whether that's inadvertent or not so inadvertent, but the reality is that had there been a total suspension of SMNI, then you know the tone of the, uh, you know, the tone, cadence, and the trajectory of the steady disintegration of uh, unity would have taken a much more stark and aggressive uh, form, right? So, <laughs> for me, 
what is happening right now is essentially a situation whereby the powers that be are saying, okay, you see, if you cross the lines, there will be repercussions, right? Now, you're not going to get suspended fully this time, but next time, if you keep on doing this, there could be a full suspension. So this was a demonstration of power, but this is also a demonstration of judiciousness on the part of the powers that be, right? Again, with all due respect to claims to institutional independence here and there, but let's not be honest, the Philippines is not Norway, okay? Just, just to put it mildly, right? This is not a country of rule of law yet, not fully. There have been some improvement on the rule of law front, right? Especially when it comes to, of course, Yungkasoni, Leila de Lima. I think there's a 13th fake witness who's been recanting right now. So we're, we're seeing talaga na fake talaga yung mga ginawa kay Leila de Lima. Um, so this is not a country of rule of law yet, but there's some improvement in that direction. Um, but having said that, we cannot separate some of the executive decisions that are happening from the broader political picture. Now, let me also add something here. No? Um, kanina nagtanong tayo, Kung kailangan ba na yung mga ibang opposition leaders to also come in. Because remember, in a previous vlog, we discussed uh, the fact that there are at least two individuals. One is my former colleague, Atom Aurelio. Uh, Araulio, sorry. Araulio. Marcos Aurelius. Atom Araulio. And of course, now more recently, si Teddy Casino uh, have filed itong uh, lawsuits, uh, you know, civil cases, laban kay... Badoy, right? And each of them, 2 million pesos, I think. So, you know, I'm just saying. Um, so, you know, SMNI is being suspended. Lawsuits are being filed. For me, this raises a bigger question because I think we also already heard from Senator Lila de Lima that she's also looking at going after her tormentors and people who, who concocted all of those nonsensical cases against her and, and you know, really, you know, like tortured her on, on so many levels for more than five years, right? Now, going back to this, the question I raise here is, and I asked that kanina sa Twitter, I said, do you think dapat, eto na, diba? Eto na. Eto na, eto na siguro yung chance finally ng opposition leaders and lahat ng mga biktima ng red tagging, lahat ng mga biktima ng fake news. Grabe. I mean, guys, let's be honest. Grabe yung nangyari throughout that five, six years. You know, all of us know it. All of us know it. I personally know it. Grabe yung ginagawa nila noon, diba? They will attack you. There will be death threats. And then there was red tagging against a lot of people. Some cases worse than other. Some of our female colleagues even faced, um, you know, rape, uh, you know, uh, threats, manganon. So many people were tormented. And of course, in the case of Lenny Robredo, former vice president Lenny Robredo, grabe yung ginawa sa kanya, di ba? Sobrang pinastos siya. They made up all sorts of stories about her family. Grabe yung mga libelous attacks. Yung mga bastos, yung mga, di ba, yung mga madam-madam, yung mga ganyan-ganyan, di ba? Well, let's see, you know, we can talk about the, you know, but anyway, um, alam nyo na where, where that was supposed to go. But you get what I'm saying, right? You get what I'm saying. So, so, so much impunity in that five to six years. And now, from what I understand, ICC is making its moves already, and in the coming months, we may finally see some development on the ICC front. From what I understand, some of the groundwork is being conducted as we speak all right i'm not gonna say more than that but my understanding is that some groundwork is already being done as we speak and so magtataka kung bigla right may mga announcements from international criminal court right uh anyway going back to this i don't know i mean a part of me is saying you know 
Wag natin guguloy na to. Let's just, you know, see how things go. But another part of me saying like, hmm, maybe this is a time, this is a time to remind everyone, especially those opportunistic people, right? Especially those who, you know, committed many grievous acts uh, during the previous administration. It, maybe it's time to remind them that there's something called accountability, that there's some form of justice. And as I always said, hindi maging rule of law country ang Pilipinas if people do not leverage our existing legal institutions and our existing laws to push for accountability and justice. You see, it's much easier to come up with a constitution in the sense of, you know, drafting a constitution and all. It's always much more difficult to effectuate or operationalize that constitution because effectuating and operationalizing constitutional order requires strengthening of the institutions, but it also requires active citizens who are willing to fight for their rights and are willing to stand up against abuses and tyranny and all sorts of bastardization of our democratic institutions. Kailangan yan. So, yung mga countries, yung mga bansa na nakikita natin ngayon na medyo advanced, matinitinu yung kanilang bansa, they, 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 they were not like that overnight. It took decades, if not centuries of struggle. I mean, just look at the history of, you know, a struggle for suffrage, you know, how men and women and minorities had to fight centuries and decades until there was universal suffrage. So, a cursory look at history tells us that rule of, rule of law doesn't come by its own. That you have to fight for rule of law. And one way of fighting for rule of law is, well, make sure that there's accountability and justice. Now, of course, realistically speaking, you have to also be reasonable. Realistically speaking, it's been in the past. But it looks like the environment right now is much more amenable to pushing for some sort of accountability. The suspension orders that we're seeing, these hearings that we're seeing in the Congress, etc. I'm not saying that you know we're talking about institutions of the highest you know moral ascendancy, to put it mildly. But but the wind uh, is blowing in a different direction. Now this is not necessarily a progressive direction, but it could become a more progressive di direction if opposition leaders do their job, if progressive leaders do their job. I think in terms of public relations, I think in terms of messaging. Sobrang successful sila Franz Castro. I think Franz Castro has kind of established herself as one of the big voices out there in the political scene and definitely one of the opposition leaders. I think, I think Riza Ontiveros has done a fantastic job in terms of positioning herself not only as a kind of an activist senator but also as a constructive legislator. I think the opposition in general is doing a lot of correct moves and dun sa well, Christmas party lang naman daw. But pinag-usapan natin kahapon yan, di ba? Um, dun sa... Uh, si Serte, di ba gila't nang nag-share, di ba? Nakita natin dun. We see embers of a united opposition, right? And I would say, of course, the hero of the month, right? In many ways. Leila Delima, since she has, uh, you know, she, since she has managed to get out of her conundrum and... See, I mean, in the case of Leila Dilma, she fought, she fought, she fought within the framework until the framework, the existing legal framework, proved amenable to her quest for justice. So she got the bail, now she's out, and she's not just out waiting her time out, right? She's out, and now she's the official speaker of one of the major parties in the country, the oldest continuous party by some measures. Leila Dilma is out posting messages and tweets right and left. Uh, I mean, Senator, former Senator Leila Dilma, I, I saw her, she, 
She's very supportive. She constantly expresses solidarity. This is the kind of leader we want. I mean, my Pinot style about TikTok, TikTok censoring me when I post anything about West Philippines. Oi, TikTok, huh? But come on, guys. Last week, yun yung time talaga para mag-post about West Philippines. Dahil yung bullying nangyari last week. So ngayon, even if biglang yung mga TikTok post ko ay medyo na po-publish na, wala na yung timing. Alright? So, ano, ewan ko na nga anong reasoning nila dyan. But going back to this, guys. Sige, bukas na natin pag-usapan ng West Philippines. Sorry, I'm a little bit tired. Um, the thing is this. Um, this is it. Eh. This is the moment. Yes, I mean, the opposition didn't get perhaps the, perhaps the president they wanted. Right. In fact, that the president right now is is just the junior of a former dictator. But it's not like this president is acting like a dictator, right? It's not like this president uh, is, uh, you know, bringing down the hammer, preventing the effectuation of justice. I think there is a historic opportunity for the opposition to correct and uh, amend your know, mistakes in the past. I honestly believe, even during Duterte, the opposition should have fought back harder, especially on the communications front, and especially in terms of leveraging existing laws uh, when there was a complete explosion of fake news. Okay, I'll be, I'll be very honest about this. Kasi, ito yung problema natin nun, di ba? Ito yung naging problema natin nun. For six years, there were a bunch of, whole bunch of, you know, a whole cabal of, you know, horrid trolls and worse and all of that. You know, they were just doing whatever they wanted. They were just cowboying their way through. They were just Binabastos nila kahit sinong leader, vice-presidente, senador, kung anong mga libelous na sinasabi nila. Then, then of course, this, this, this mega-trolls, meta-trolls, no? ang ginagawa nila is they create the environment of hate, right? They supercharge the environment, so they normalize yung pagbabastos sa ating mga uh, stateswoman, statesmen, especially women. And they, they normalize attack on media, on, on, on journalists, they normalize attack against anyone who spoke their mind and spoke truth to power and spoke their political conscience. And my sense really was, ang hina ng response ng opposition. There was no concerted legal effort to push back against it by leveraging the existing courts and laws against libelous, slanderous, fake news. I don't think also there was a concerted public relations effort by, by the opposition leaders during that time to push back against all of this Dutertismo ideology and penal populism and, you know, uh, essentially surrendering to China and all of that. No, I mean, sabog. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, sabog yung opposition throughout that five, six years. I mean, I understand if even the first year of Duterte, medyo sabog sila. I understand that. Everyone was shocked. I was also shocked about how crazy things turned out, even if, as you can see in my book and my writings back then, I kind of see th things coming. But it was emotionally shocking, even though it was intellectually and cognitively not so shocking. In fact, it I kind of predicted how things were going to turn out under Duterte. But my sense is, sobrang hina pa rin yung pushback ng opposition year and year and year. So, yeah, I mean, disinformation was an issue, but you, you, you don't win the fight by just whining about disinformation, right? You do something about it, right? You fight back against it at the highest levels in a concerted manner. If only we had more leaders like Leila de Lima, I think the opposition would have been five to ten times stronger, even during Duterte time. Right, even during the third time, we didn't have to wait for the implosion of the unity team for some of these right things to be done. This should have been done before, but it's done. Tapos na, wala hindi natin ma. We cannot change the past, but I'm just saying you cannot change the future if you're not learning the right lessons from the past. And I've been, I kept on saying this. My kulang talaga dun sa opposition during time in Digong, and there has to be an acceptance of that. 
even the preparation for 2022 elections, may pagkakulang talaga ang opposition. Hindi sila organized, right? And they were up against the combined forces of Duterte and Marcoses. There was just no way you can beat them, right? When once they combine, tapos ng laban, right? And of course, my frustration, and this is where I made a lot of enemy, I think, among you know some of the rabid dilawan and all of that. Whatever, right? Um, you know, this the problem is that there was no self awareness, there was no strategic thinking, you know, there was not a proper accounting of Sansila Nakakulang, right? Coming out, walang partido, walang backup, etc. And I'm sorry, okay, my career suffered. My career suffered when I began to speak out. Remember, I used to work in another media network, and next thing you know, parang, alam mo na, di ba? Connect the dots, right? Um, my career suffered. But that was the least I could have done, right? To fight for West Philippine Sea, to fight for what is right in the country. Had I had the resources that many opposition leaders had, all those lawyers, all of those PR people, all of that stuff, I would have done 100 times more than what I did during that five to six years. So I hope some people appreciate where my frustration comes from, because it, it's not about what you do, it's about what you do compared to what you have. So I saw many journalist friends of ours who had very limited resources, risking their lives and pushing the envelope. And in fact, I'll give kudos to Patricia Evangelista, my senior in UP Debate Society, who came out with this fantastic book, really, really wrenching book um, about Duterte's drug war, which I just reviewed for Lowy Institute uh, in Sydney, Australia. I already posted that, that the title of the review is uh, Manila's Killing Fields, right? Uh, the war on the poor, right? Um, you know, I saw many of my colleagues they fought so hard. They fought so hard, even if sobrang limited resources. Even if most of us could not afford a lawyer. Let's just be honest. Most of us could not even afford a lawyer, right? Um, we didn't have PR teams and all of that. We didn't have any institutional backing. And worse, a lot of us, <laughs> the opposition you know, leaders and all never bothered to even reach out to us or never bothered to show support or anything like that, all right? So, kaya after nung election, sabi ko, Ito na talaga, this is a time now we have proven na mali talaga yung ginawa ng opposition throughout those five to six years under Tigong. And we have to call it out. Now, of course, I made a lot of enemy, but I said whining about disinformation and just blaming all on disinformation is not the solution forward. Because if you just say it's all about disinformation, you're saying something very nasty about our voters. And when you say something nasty and judgy about our voters, good luck sa'yo, di ba? Not to mention, it's intellectually simplistic, if not erroneous. As a lot of us, you know, scholars, in you know peer-reviewed articles and books I've written, you have to understand grievance politics. You have to understand that populism, and especially right-wing Duterte-style populism, it thrives in conditions of weakness. Weaknesses of democratic institutions, but weakness of liberal democratic leaders. Because mahina at maraming kapalpakan yung mga liberal democratic leaders, that was the context in, within which the Dutertismo ideology came in. And that was exactly the context within which Marcos has clawed their way back to the Malacanang. All right, so there has to be an accounting of that, and one way of um, of of you know of making up for all of the shortcomings during the time of the Gong is to leverage existing institutions to make the most out of this disintegration of the unity and whatever you want to call it to push for accountability, right? Better late than never, right? Better than late than never. So union sinisabi ko. So there, there's a part. The other part of me is also arguing that way. But you see, I'm so open-minded in a good way and you know I, I try to be as self-aware and, and judicious and fair as possible I always also tell myself Richard baka naman hindi mo alam sinasabi mo like you intellectually grasp what is happening but you have to also grasp the emotions the logistics the organizational issues all the limitations human limitations that plague the opposition and liberal democratic leaders in the country okay I understand that maybe they know something I don't know 
maybe they better understand the country than me, sure. But last time I checked, I got a lot of things right when it, when it comes to the direction of this country and foreign policy and not. Not because, you know, I'm like the best analyst out there. No, it's because I studied other countries similar to the Philippines. I saw how they ended up and I felt if we don't do the right thing, we're going to go in the wrong direction. All right. So what we learn from history is that if you do not fight for democracy, democracy is not going to fight for itself. It's going to be vulnerable to circumvention. Right? If you do not fight for press freedom, what's going to happen is bastardization, adulterization of press freedom. If you do not leverage existing legal institutions, then you're not going to have a rule of law, you're going to have a rule by law. You see, the preposition is very important. Of versus by. Rule of law means you have predictable, uniform, apply laws in a country. You have accountability and justice regardless of who you're talking about, the richest person, the most powerful people. Rule by law is a situation of weaponization of existing laws in order to punish and to whip opposition voices of conscience. So if you want to move from rule by law towards rule of law, and this is a spectrum, right? It's like one to 10, right? Obviously we're not 10, but we can go six, seven, eight if the right people do the right moves in the coming months, in the coming years, all right? Because people can take out their popcorns about the unity team. People can take out their popcorns about SMNI. Sigilang, go ahead. You know, have your own shot on Friday. Okay? Um, I, I already expressed my criticism of that mindset. But there is a historic opportunity here for the opposition to do the right thing and to fix all of the shortcomings they had in the past. All right? And my advice get rid of those rabid people, right? Of who insist on insulting the voters, who insist on insulting any real analyst, who insist on insulting survey agencies in favor of, I don't know, Google Trends or whatever nonsense out there. All right? Okay? Uh, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Okay? So, yeah, yeah, That's my best up. Sorry, I wanted to talk about West Philippines. Because I was listening gaslighting that happened to us. It's like Philippines is the only intentions in the West Philippines. The friends of ASEAN, Alright? Or yung mga ibang kaibigan natin dito, di ba? Yung mga tatay style na, oh, Philippines, Western. Ay, excuse me, there's nothing Western with standing up for your rights. And there's nothing Asian with not standing up for your rights kasi takot ka sa China. Right? If I have to mention Vietnam. Vietnam is as Asian as it can get. And it has been fighting against empires after empire after empire. 1,000 years with China, against the Mongolian Empire, against Maoist China, against the French, against the Americans, so on and so forth. Palaban sila. That's very, very Asian. Right? So please lang, don't drop this nonsensical civilizational argument. No, the Philippines is doing the right thing. The Duterte strategic era was an anomaly. From Aquino to Marcos Jr., the Philippines is once again the only ASEAN country that is daring to stand up to bu bullying on all fronts. You see, Vietnam never did the legal strategy. We did the legal strategy. We're doing the operational strategy. We're doing the diplomatic strategy. So let's stop gaslighting ourselves. So in the same sense that I say, the opposition should fight for rule of law in the country. And I hope the best for all the good people inside the administration, right? I, you may not like Marcos or you may not like Sinung Nanal last elections, but I know for a fact there are many good people working in this government, right? I know them personally, quiet lang sila, but they're doing the right thing for the country. I'm just also saying this, the Philippines has to fight for respect and recognition of its legitimate rights on their own clause by Staying its course. Wag tayo magpasay war, wag tayo magpa-intimidate, wag tayo magpa-bully, wag tayo magpa-loser mindset. The Philippines has to stay its course until it earns the respect of the other side. And I'm 100%, I'm 100% for the 
for engagement. I'm 100% for diplomacy, but it has to be from a position of strength. That's what I'm going to talk about. All right. So anyway, sorry, sorry. Napahaba itong rant natin. Pero ulitin natin yan. Okay, ganito. Since wala tayong time, let me just shorten this again. Because I promised to talk about West Philippines. So sorry. So give me some chance to talk about it. Tanggalin natin itong SM9 na to. Okay. This is really... Okay, this is yours. Okay. So I'll say this once again. When it comes to the West Philippine Sea, we should not allow ourselves to be gaslighted by the bullies or the enablers of the bullies. The Duterte era was an anomaly. It was a strategic anomaly. Because if you look at both President Aquino and President Marcos Jr., they have stood up. And they have made sure, you know, that that hindi tayo magpapabuli lang. Alright? They have made sure that on all fronts we fight for the Philippines' legitimate rights. There's nothing Western with fighting for sovereign rights. That's insulting. That's an insult to Asians and non-Western people. Every self-respecting, dignified country has to fight for their sovereign rights, especially if the sovereign rights were, you know, legitimized under an international arbitration body, in this case, the 2016 Arbitral Tribunal Award under the aegis of the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea, Article 287, Annex 7, Go there, mag-aral kayo, wag kayo magpaloko or magpautoto dun sa mga propagandists. Alright, let's be absolutely clear about this. So both President Aquino and President Marco Jr. are doing what is right. They're moving on all fronts. No other ASEAN country has done this. No other ASEAN country has stood up to China on diplomatic, military, and legal front. We're the only ASEAN country that has done that. So to dismiss the Philippines as a kind of a Western country just because of our treaty alliances and all, that's an insult to any courageous nation standing up for their rights. And I hope you might friends not in ASEAN, if they don't have anything helpful to say or they don't have any support to provide that, provide us, better just keep your advice to yourself. Now, to be fair, I think, you know, whether you talk about Singapore, Indonesia, Vietnam, etc., they are doing their own thing. But what we really need is more courageous solidarity, right? Because what's happening right now is the Philippines is being bullied right and left, Philippines is being gaslighted, and the Philippines so far cannot rely on the ASEAN to back it up. But naturally, it should be ASEAN that should be there for the Philippines. And I hope if not ASEAN 10, then at least few of the key ASEAN countries, especially Vietnam, but also Singapore, Indonesia, and Malaysia will stand by the Philippines in one way, not, one way or another. Because either we're going to stand together or, gonna, but, or, I, or otherwise, you know, we're going to be picked apart, right? Uh, one by one, right? So this is, this is really the base that we have to deal with. There has to be minimums when it comes to dealing with the China challenge. Now, to be absolutely clear, I am for negotiations with China. We don't want war. China also doesn't want war, all right? Do not insult China by saying, oh, China is going to go to war. No, China is a sophisticated rising power, all right? They have many mistakes. They make mistakes. Sometimes there's hubris and all, but at the end of the day, they're far more sophisticated than, I don't know, Putin or some of the other aggressive revisionist powers in history. So how you deal with them is this. You stand your ground, you stay your course, you earn their respect, no matter how grudgingly, and then from that position, push for a kind of a compromise from a position of strength, right? Now, I am for joint exploration or development, but it has to recognize the Philippine sovereign rights. Uh, President Marcos Jr. has mentioned that he is for joint exploration with China, but it has to be a service contract. It has to recognize the Philippine sovereign claims in the area. We are for all sorts of different cooperation or in cooperative uh, schemes with China, but it has to be from a position of strength. So by adopting loser mindset, by blaming ourselves, by gaslighting ourselves, right? By absolving bullies of responsibility and accountability, 
we are doing a disservice to our country and disservice to a lot of people, including Rizal and our Estrados and a lot of our heroes who fought hard. They, they made the ultimate sacrifice for that for our nation. That's the least we can do. All right, on that note, thank you very much. Maraming salamat. Pasensya again. If, you know, some people got hurt with what I've said, I get passionate sometimes. You know, you can see I really believe in what we say, with what we do. I really care for our country because I, and, and I know our country can always do better. I always believe that. But you need to push. You need to nudge, right? This is like, you know, you know, Hollywood movies na sports game, sports team. You know, it's kind of cool yung sports team. What's the movie ni Curveball? What was that? The movie ni Brad Pitt, right? You know, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, you know, we have to accept we have certain weaknesses and all, but we have to also accept our potential for greatness, right? We're not going to be a major power, but we can be relatively decent middle power in the 21st century. But we have to get rid of that loser mindset and we have to believe in our ability to improve. Don't be afraid. There are a lot of weaknesses, a lot of problems, right? But we focus on our strengths, we accelerate uh, you know, the improvement of ourselves in the right direction, and also we deal with our weaknesses. If we continue to do that in 10, 15, or even shorter, in five years, maybe you're going to see very, very good improvements. And honestly, in my case personally, I remember very well, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you said Philippine Coast Guard, uh, hmm, in terms of capabilities, I mean, great people, patriotic people, <clears throat> capabilities were nowhere close to where we should be. Today, the Philippine Coast Guard is the most developed Coast Guard in the entire ASEAN region, right? And they have the best experience of dealing with bullying. We are number one in ASEAN as far as Philippine Coast Guard as far as Coast Guard capability is concerned. We had to earn that. We had to invest in our capabilities and we had to earn that by standing our ground. So if the Philippine Coast Guard can do it, other branches of the state can do it, the whole nation can do it. So what I say is not based on just like pipe dream, it's based on actual observation of when we do the right things and stick to it over time, five years, ten years, then you're gonna see great results. That's how national development happens. Most of the successful countries today were the countries who made those sacrifices and they had the discipline 20, 30, 40 years ago. So the next generation is benefiting from that. So let's do the right thing so that the next generation of Filipino people can be even more proud of their country and hopefully proud of us for whatever little thing we're doing for our democracy and for the West Philippine Sea. On that note, thank you very much, guys. See, I need to recover. God bless and uh, talk to you soon.